This is the Power of Genetics podcast. In each episode, I'll be interviewing successful practitioners and impactful thought leaders in the world of health and performance. They will share their journey, their insights, and their best advice for us all. I'm your host, Dr. Yael Jaffe. Let's begin with today's episode. A big welcome to today's Power of Genetics guest, Dr. Rick Mayfield, I believe from Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, well, got that right. Well, a very big welcome. A couple of months ago, I was lucky enough to meet Dr. Mayfield in person. Obviously, I'd known about you for many, many years and shared a few minutes on stage and realized um, the extraordinary depth and breadth and width and length and everything of your nutrition knowledge. I was really, really blown away and knew immediately that I had to reach out and really wanted to understand um, more about you and also how you landed up. So knowing so much about nutrition, so a big welcome to you. And thank you. Um, thank you. Glad to be here. I think you know we'll just jump in. You know, we we would love to know. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not a fan of reading a bio. I don't think that helps anyone. So I'm I'm going to ask you just to introduce yourself, who you are right now, um, like what kind of doctor, where you practice, and then if you don't mind, if we can go back right to the beginning, because as I always say on this podcast, no one wakes up in the morning. And, and has the impact and the kind of knowledge that you have right now. So, so we'd love to go back and hear your story. Sure. Well, currently um, I am a doctor of chiropractic and I have been for 42 years. And I'm also a double board certified in clinical nutrition. And I'm also uh, certified in functional medicine through Institute for Functional Medicine, which I'm quite involved in as a faculty member. And uh, I wear a number of different hats. I'm a doctor, uh, I'm an educator. I'm also chief science officer for Nutridyne, uh, which is a nutraceutical firm here in Minnesota that makes high-end vitamins and supplements and so forth. So I'm doing quite you know, a lot of different things currently that I never thought I'd be doing even 10, 15, 20 years ago. So it's been very exciting uh, as far as a career. And every day is a different kind of experience because some days I'm just doing research. Other days, I'm actually, you know, formulating a, a product based on research. And other days, I'm actually just treating patients and just helping people, you know, through their process. So it's it's a very full life, and I'm, I'm quite grateful and enjoying it. Well, that's that gives us. I mean, that is a very good sense. And of course, it was Nutridyne where I met you. So shout out to that. And let's go back to the beginning. You know, how did you even decide that chiropractic or health was something that you wanted to, to journey into? Well, when I was like 11 years old, this is in the late 60s, I had a mother who had inflammatory bowel disease, very severe. So I was observing as a child that process of medicine and what she went through. And it was quite traumatic and dramatic with, you know, lots of drug problems as far as medications. So this went through like for five, six years, and I, I really was enamored with medicine, but I didn't really know where that was going to take me. And one of my, my older, my sister was an x-ray technician at a hospital. So I, she invited me to come down to the hospital, and I saw what everybody did in the whole hospital. I went from every office, and I saw it all. 
And I was intrigued and I said, well, I guess I'll just be a doctor. So I went into uh, pre-med training and my older brother who was a um, uh, landscaper at the time came home and said, what are you doing in college? What are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to medicine. He goes, oh, okay. And why don't you think about chiropractic? And I said, no, I don't want to just adjust necks and backs and stuff. So it's got to be more than he goes, no, go to this other chiropractor in this other town, go see him, talk to him. Well, this individual, he asked me about my diet. He asked me about my, my personal lifestyle, what time I went to bed. He asked me a lot of personal questions and really got into the detail about nutrition. And I thought that was really odd because at that time, that wasn't what chiropractic was really thought about. It was just about back pain, neck pain, and so forth. So that perked my interest. And so I started looking at the whole program and I decided to shift gears. I went into chiropractic college and it all began, I was just thinking about chiropractic, but when I was a freshman in grad school, I was in histology laboratory. I remember very well, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, there's this guy out at the Radisson talking about mitochondria. Do you want, do you want to go? And I said, yeah, let's go. So we went out there as Jeff Bland. Of course it was. I've heard the story, Bland. you know, like everyone says the same thing, you know. First <laughs> intro to functional medicine, Jeff Bland, yeah. So this was 1977. Wow. He was just getting started when this whole, you know, he wasn't even on the lecture circuit at that time. He was just beginning. So I was enamored with his story and his whole presentation. I was hooked like a fish. I was hooked. So I started following him around the country. Um, so I did a six part series in Chicago and learn what he was teaching. And it was just tremendous information based on science at the time. So I started following him wherever I could. And it all culminated when I was graduated from college. I went to Hawaii on a, an experience where he was teaching like a, a 10 day program for doctors. And it was also a combination of vacation time for staff and so forth. So I flew out there, got to meet Jeff and learn his program, what he was doing at the time. And we knew each other, but not really friendly. We were just, you know, he's, I was just a young student. And he was like, well, he's the only student in the whole doctor crowd here, but we'll bring him along. So we became kind of like acquaintances over the years. And over the years, I started to follow his work closely. And that's when I got more involved in nutrition. I became quite obsessed about toxins because Dr. Bland kept talking about toxins and, you know, it's a problem and environmentally and, and so forth. So I started really digging into the research so back then we did not have computers. So I actually drove to the University of Minnesota Medical School three times a week, three hours a day and was going pouring through the literature by hand to figure out all this stuff. So I became kind of a research nerd and really couldn't get enough. And so I started applying that to my patients. At that time, all we had was hair analysis and some urine testing and minimal blood testing. The technology was not that good, but it was still enough to make inroads with my patients. And so as the technologies came forth, I kept developing things that were learning through what eventually became known as functional medicine in the early 90s. And it's just been a, a, that cascade of a sequence of events where I've been on this track of learning every day. Every day I'm learning something new. So uh, about 13 years ago, Dan Lukaser at IFM and Krista Hughes called me and said, we want you on our program. You need to be teaching this stuff that you know. So they convinced me and I came on board. So it's been a quite interesting journey with that group as a teacher. So I've been leading their environmental health detox program for the last 10 years now. And that's been a lot of fun uh, to apply research into practical steps for doctors and healthcare providers 
to apply, say, the science of genetics, uh, nutrition, and all the different things that we learn in functional medicine. So that's kind of the brief wow, synopsis. That, of I mean, you are so ahead of the game, 1977. I mean, I, I interview and speak to a lot of uh, functional medicine practitioners, and I 1977 is pretty much as early as it gets. I mean, that was even before Jeff was Jeff, really. I mean, that's quite an extraordinary serendipitous occasion that kind of pivot was a major pivot for you, obviously. And, yeah. and when you think about environmental toxins, I mean, I, I was just at IHS um, in New York and that's all anyone's talking about. And so it's, it's, it's extraordinary how... Um, you were right there, you saw the writing on the wall, you you did your own research 15, 20, 25 years ago before toxins became the thing that they are now, which of course we now all studying and we all understanding and we're all learning. What do you think it was about who you are? I mean, you clearly are what I call a practitioner scientist. I mean, there's no doubt about that you're a natural scientist academic. What do you think it was about your personality, about who you are, that enabled you to see what wasn't known at the time? Well, I was looking for root causes, and it was really obvious to me when I was reading the research with animal science, in vitro science, and then early clinical trials with humans, that this toxic overload, which is a, these synthetic xenobiotics, was just not natural for our metabolism. There had to be a reason why some people have health disorders more than others. And I was thinking toxins has to be one of the major initiators or antecedents that's setting up the whole process. So it was just a more of a hypothetical thing. And then as the science developed, it was very clear, this is really one of the fundamental pillars of health and disease is toxin management. Do you have the genetics to handle it? Yeah. Do you have the epigenetic factors that are influencing how you're handling your gene expression? So there's so much inter weave with this. And now we have all the high pollutant science with you know, proteomics and metalomics and all these other omics. And it's, it's exploding, as you know. It really so is. it's been, been fun to watch um, and see where this is going. Interestingly, when I started out in nutrigenomics in 2000, the first area that kind of was of interest to me in, in genetics was um, it was detox obviously it was around toxins and it was like there were hardly any studies in those days you know when a when a paper came up came up in nutrigenomics we would like read it a hundred times and talk about it for months because there was so little but the one thing that was already in the literature in so early was a conversation around how our genes you know how we we're going to metabolize toxins differently so I think it was the one because I mean I probably methylate methylation a little bit and but detox and toxins was really such a foundational start to engaging people in a conversation around genetics uh, we cut out there a bit did I did you uh, yeah, yeah I heard most of it yeah but how do you, uh, toxins and how you handle your toxins and how your genes are responding or not with methylation yeah, it's, I mean, the nutrigenomic industry is, as you know, it's just, it's so exciting because it's really about gene expression and how it affects health and disease. And this, you know, dietary interventions, they've showed a great effect on the expression pattern, such as cancer-related genes, like in prostate cancer patients. And, you know, to me, the future is really the epigenetic modifications, such as the DNA methylation and histone modifications. Uh, the microRNA-based gene silencing, all these things are highly affected by nutritional intake. So it's that better understanding of the human genome 
that will accelerate nutrigenomics and how we apply them in developing the modifications that comes down to our personalized nutrition for our well-being. So it's not just a bunch of words, it's really the real deal about how you can take a gene test. Oh my God, you have a you know, CYP1B1 or uh, 1A2 and you're not metabolizing your estrogen very well. I see why now you actually have a high for hydroxyestrone and that's a higher breast cancer risk because you can actually take these things in sequence and say, oh, you should eat more cruciferous vegetables. And we and know, and we can actually give advice now, right? We can translate exactly. it, we can understand it. So, so I just come back to nutrition and, and this is a question I, I, I'm not familiar with. You double certified in, in, in nutrition. What does that actually mean? And, and you'll forgive me not being from the USA sure. if I didn't understand that. Uh, two different boards, two different organizations. Um, one is uh, the International and American International Association of uh, Clinical Nutritionists. So it's the, uh, technically it's a certified clinical nutritionist um, holding. Another is a diplomate nutrition, which is a uh, organization that certifies medical, chiropractic, and other allied health professionals, you basically have to, like any medical board, you have to take a test and qualify for it to pass you know, the questions, whether it's functional medicine, cardiology, or nutrition. So there's different organizations that offer different certifications. Okay. So there's three or four organizations with nutrition here in the United States, and I have two of those. The one wasn't enough, you needed to. <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I'm gonna be an internist student. So I'm very interested, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, I mean, we work with a lot of practitioners. And the one thing that was has been very notable for the last couple of years is the high proportion of chiropractors that come to 3 for Genetics, that want to learn about nutrigenomics, that, that are really upskilling around nutrition. What, and in fact, you know, um, some, of the, some of the really best practitioners that I'm working with um, our chiropractors, and I always say, you know, it, don't get bogged down by the first degree because it's usually what you do afterwards that's really meaningful. But why do you think that is that we're seeing such a surge of chiropractors moving into the world of functional nutrition, um, and and that's that space? Well, I, my experience in the last forty-two years as a licensed doctor, I've watched the industry change a little bit. And there's always been an interest in natural healthcare within chiropractic and natural applications, whether it's um, exercise levels, stress levels, dietary levels, and things like that, but not specifically nutrition. Well, in the early 80s, things became more specialized. Different groups became focused on different specialty areas like sports medicine within chiropractic or orthopedics or neurology. And one group was nutrition. So individual chiropractors got together and created an organization that came um, under the umbrella of the American Chiropractic Association, and then it moved into an educational body from there. So they started doing postgraduate seminars and taking a two to three year program. Then you could sit for a national board exam and become qualified as a certified board certified nutritionist and so forth. So it's evolving to the point where uh, many people come into the field of chiropractic now, knowing this already as younger chiropractors going, oh, I can do nutrition and I can just get my DC license and piggyback on this whole train. And so I saw this with like with Jeff Bland's group, back then he just called it nutritional medicine uh, in the early eighties. 
and eventually he coined the term functional medicine in the early 90s. Um, and most of the people that are coming up to his seminars every year, he would fly from city to city all over the United States and actually internationally, but here in the United States, if you would go into those rooms, you'd see probably well over three-fourths of the people in that room were chiropractors. Yeah. And that's the way it's always been. And lately, in the last, say, five to seven, eight years, it's become much more um, attractive for medical doctors and osteopaths and other uh, nurse practitioners and so forth to get on the bandwagon because it's, it's, it's the wave of the future. And um, the chiropractic group has always been there. They've just been kind of like somewhat overshadowed in the past few years in some of these groups because um, there's been much more interest uh, for teaching and medical school programs and getting academic groups involved and so forth. And so it's been exciting to see the changes where it's going. I, I mean, I've seen that change. I, a couple of weeks ago, gave a talk to a group of students at chiropractic college who are a functional medicine club at their chiropractic college. And they reached out, they made it happen, they organized the talk. And um, I always say that one of the weaknesses of nutrigenomics is that we still haven't um, impacted undergraduate studies, not in the world of nutrition or dietetics, which is where I come from, and not in the world of, of medicine, right? So I don't get invited to come talk to undergraduate medical students and dietetic students. And the dietetics people I'm talking are usually qualified working and have realize that genetics is going to play a role and so I was invited by these chiropractic students and actually like almost hounded they were so fantastic in getting me to speak and there were 58 students who arrived for a li live presentation so not 58 to listen to the presentation 58 now you know now we in, they were writing exams and they were in between lectures and 58 arrived in a room I don't think I've had that experience of students for decades and so I, I am really so impressed by the initiative, the extra learning, the open-mindedness that I'm seeing coming from chiropractic students, which I'm actually not seeing from any other discipline, not naturopathy, not medicine, not dietetics. It really is something quite special. That's fascinating. I was, um, for about 10 years, I was quite involved with treating autism in like 2000, 2010 where about half of my practice was autistic kids. So I was being called upon it to speak all over the country on the topic. So one was actually a local chiropractic college where I went to school years ago. They had me come in and do a lecture to the functional medicine group, the club, like you spoke to. And again, there was 125 students wow. on a lunch hour. Wow. And they were just there to hear this local doctor talk about autism. They didn't know anything. They probably didn't know who I was or anything. It was just somebody that they got to talk before their club. So yeah, the interest is quite high. They're eager. And, and that's, really you know, that's, that's what we want to hear. So let's, let's, let's start like getting some, some, I mean, you've had an amazing career. You continue to have an amazing career. You continue to have a huge impact. As I say, your, your knowledge of nutrition and I'm, I came from dietetics and nutrition. When I listen to you speak, I'm completely overwhelmed by, by the depth of your knowledge. So Let's, let's kind of finish it off and say, looking back to those students, be they chiropractic or nutrition, be they practitioners who've qualified and they're just starting out on a journey and they're looking at the work and they're listening to your conversation, what do you think, um, are the, kind of what is the wisdom that you can give them in terms of how they're heading out um, and, and the things that helped you in your journey, but things that you can offer to them? 
Well, in the land of computers now, I would really encourage um, new students, whether they're still in school or they're just uh, clinicians who are getting into this kind of work, since you have a computer likely, spend one hour a day and just go to PubMed and just type in the word, you know, um, Acromancia or some name of some bacteria or something. And off you will go for like at least two or three hours and you'll be like on a journey because once you go for one paper, you go to another paper and click on similar articles, you're going to be in past of material. You can't put the material down if you're really interested in nutrition. There's so much to go on, say, on a flavonoid such as, you know, facetin or quercetin or whatever it is. It, the information is vast. So, you know, I spend four to six hours a day doing science, just reading wow. science. And so I do read novels and I do other things too in life, but uh, I'm obsessed about learning about new things in science and how I can apply that to my patients. And sometimes it's very simple, like, oh, there's this certain uh, diet on the market that's been quite popularized. And so people are talking about it. So people come in talking off the internet, like, what do you think about the carnivore diet? What do you think about the Mediterranean diet? And all this stuff. So you have at your, at your hands a great tool so I encourage young students just to go, just look at this, delve into it, take an hour a day, and all of a sudden you're going to be, you know, addicted to it fairly quickly if you are really, if you catch the bug, because there's so much I can't even keep up. There's just so much science. <laughs> no, I mean I can't keep. As I said in the early days when it was like one genetic article a month, and then it was one genetic article a day. Now we have a team of like five geneticists who spend their days reading articles and. It's, it's extraordinary and, you know, watching that, that just explosion of genetics as well, but obviously nutrition is, it's, it's not the same science, you know, and in my time as, uh, in, in the world of nutrition, I've seen this going from kind of this reductionist nutrition, macronutrients to being truly food is medicine, you know, where we really start understanding how we can use nutrition, nutrients, change gene expression, really impact people's lives. And I think that's been the last couple of decades and nutrition has grown in power and, and impact. And I think that's why, you know, um, the journey that you took, which is obviously starting chiropractic, double board certified in nutrition, functional nutrition, functional medicine has really found you in this incredible place. I mean, that's just my two cents. <laughs> well stated. Yes. Yeah. I'm really interested to see where this whole thing goes um, as a field. And, you know, time will tell. I think there'll be a point where we can actually do a genetic test on an infant and go, oh, this person is based on their genes. They might be best on this kind of a diet or this kind of emphasis of nutrients based on their potential gene expression problems. We have a long ways to go for that, but I think there's so much you can see where, this is, where the field is going, uh, not just with genetics, but with all the things. Um, it's very exciting to see because I think it is all about how we can personalize our lifestyle and our nutrition to be healthy and to prevent health and disease, or at least um, minimize health problems at the end of life. So it's more concentrated right at the end, not dragged out for 30 years, like most dragged of our patients. Dragged out for our last, last three, four decades. I like that right. way. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Because we do need to age and we do need to have those concentrated health conditions, but let's do it in our eighties and nineties and not in our thirties and forties, I think is, is the answer. Very much so. So I was not to get too off track here, but 
I was skiing in Colorado here recently and I ended up skiing with this 85 year old person who I was staying with. He's a friend, a friend of a friend of my wife's brother-in-law. He's 85 and he's skiing like he's 20. And I asked him, what are you doing? Obviously yeah. it's working for you. And he goes, well, I have arthritis. I have two replaced knees and, but I have this passion and it comes down to, we have to have something to be passionate about. And he's just passionate about skiing. And so he, he makes it work. Time. He makes exactly. it work. Yeah. So it's not so that what, he was immune to, to deteriorating health. It's just that he decided, it, it, and, and I love um, Dr. Miles Barr gives a great presentation about purpose, you know, and he speaks about purpose and that if we don't have purpose, um, it's very hard to have good health because it has to, exactly this example, you know, um, that, that we all need to wake up in the morning and have a purpose to our lives, a why. And if we have that, then we can build our diet, our lifestyle, our exercise, our community, our connection all around that purpose. And then, as you say, we make a plan to, to keep on doing what we love doing. So I love that story. Yes. I feel the same way about swimming. I always say, let me just be swimming in my 80s. Let me, let, they can roll me down to the water and tip me in. But, <laughs> but please do not take the water away from me, no matter. You know, even if I can't go far, just leave me in there and come fetch me and roll me back. So, um, well, Dr. Mayfield, it's been, I was going to ask you what you thought. That you, I was going to ask you what, how you saw the future of kind of this world of nutrition and, you know, looking and you just answered the question without me um, even having to prompt you. So, so we're in, in closing, is there anything else you'd like to, to share with our listeners? Seems as my question was taken from me. Um, any, any last thing? Um, nothing really specific other than some basic things we all know. You know, I got, give an example. I was in a grocery store yesterday and you'd walk by and you see all these comfort foods and foods I grew up with that are very unhealthy, yet they're very satisfying short term. And I kept going, no, I've got a whole cart full of vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds. I'm good. And I keep looking at the brownies and everything else. So we all have these temptations in life to, 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 that pull us in different directions. So we have to have that purpose. We have to have that passion to go, no, I'm good with where I'm at. And I know what I need to do. Just follow your intuition and stay on track. And, you know, as my grandmother used to say, eat your vegetables. And I'm like, yeah, we all know that, but we just have to do it. <laughs> no, there's and, some wisdoms that haven't changed, right? Eat your vegetables. Exactly. Or right. as, as, as Dr. David Katz said, you know, Michael Pollan had it absolutely right, you know. Um, <laughs> eat, your eat food, not too much, and uh, mostly plants. There you know? you go. It's a great wisdom. Well, um, Rick, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a little bit better and, and hearing about your journey. I very much look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully in, in 2023. Thank you for listening to the Power of Genetics podcast brought to you by 3x4 Genetics. For more episodes, please visit 3x4genetics.com backslash podcasts.